Hey, Made Up Talk Show listeners. This is Richard. Hello. Happy New Year. Is it still okay to say that? It's the 20th of January. Well, I haven't said it to you and you haven't heard it from me. So Happy New Year. Hope everything is going well in 2022. Uh, today, we bring you something very special. It's not a Made Up Talk Show episode, but it is an episode of Page by Page by Paige Highmark, who is a wonderful person, close friend, and an artist on the Let's Hear It network. Paige originally had this show on a live internet radio station. I was a big fan of it. And when I launched this podcast network, I immediately thought to myself, got to get Paige on this network with some sort of podcast. She's an excellent conversationalist. She really knows how to hold space for folks. And that's really what Page by Page is all about having intimate, oh my gosh, intimate conversations with everyone and anyone. So this is episode three of Page by Page. We're highlighting it on the Made Up Talk Show feed so you can become aware of it. You can listen. You can catch up to listen to more recent episodes and to subscribe because exciting things are going to be happening with our podcasts in the future and more people need to know about this. More people need to listen. Page by Page can be found on any major podcast streaming platform. And on the Let's Hear It Network website, letshearit.network. So I hope you enjoy it. Made Up Talk Show will be back very soon with a new episode. And uh, again, Happy New Year. Hope all is well. I want to make you aware that throughout this episode, we run into some rustling sounds. I tried my best to clean it up, but I wanted to let you know so you know what to expect. I've also got a content warning for you. Throughout this episode, we're going to be discussing suicidal ideation and drug use. On this episode of Page by Page, I talk to Hannah Pallant about smoking weed and getting clean. You're listening to Page by Page on Let's Hear It Network, where I have intimate conversations with everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Page by Page on Let's Hear It Network. We, we're all in for a treat today. Uh, me especially, because I get to see her amazing face, but you as well, because uh, we're talking to Hannah Pallant today, and she is just such a special person in so many different ways. Hannah is a Brooklyn-based animator and designer. She's an overall handy person, iced coffee fan, cat lover, just like human being extraordinaire. And I'm really excited to be speaking with her today. So Hannah, so great to be talking to you. Oh my God, what a what a great <laughs> intro. <laughs> How the hell are you, number one? I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, a few months ago, if you asked me, oh, I felt like I was not doing well. But I finally feel like my feet are on the ground, which... Yes! I thought my feet were on the ground a few months ago. I look back and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing then? So... <laughs> What, my my feet were on on shit. They were on literal piles of shit. That uh, that was the ground at that point. Yes. Would you say, I, or is that too? I much? felt like they were honestly like hovering above. You mm. know, like where mm-hmm. like there's no gravity is how I would describe yeah. it almost. A little flo- floating. Um, now, like so, a few months ago, take me back in time and space. Like where where were you physically, and where were you? like socially like were you isolated what did that like would you paint a picture for us for all of us visual learners out there oh boy what a story i 
I feel like I had a, I mean, we all had a rough year, um, but (laughs) yikes, we all had a rough year Mm -hmm. and my way of coping is by, if I feel anything happy, sad, anything, I light up a joint and been doing that for nine years at this point. Okay. A solid nine years. A solid nine years, which I remember like thinking that, you know, I would never stop smoking weed and like that I would give birth to a child and light up a joint right after (laughs) as a celebration. Like I remember like sharing that fantasy with people. Um, (laughs) I I like that. Well, that's uh, that's the direction this goddamn country's going with our American values. Mothers are going to be smoking weed in the hospitals. I know. In hospitals. In the hospitals. Yeah. We both have like opposite accents, it seems. (laughs) I think so. I think so. So, but anyway, I, I interject. So you, and could you give a little context? So what, how old were you when you first started smoking weed? I first, the first time I smoked weed, I was 17, but I didn't like it. Um, okay. I think maybe because honestly, like, I feel like I had a lot of frenemies in high school mm-hmm. and that's not a good, like, environment to be smoking weed around because- no. Yeah. So bad vibes, really yeah, bad vibes, bad vibes. And I, so I didn't like smoking weed until I got into college, um, where my roommate was a pothead. We both were like hitting the bong together all the time. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just like this, not to, I'm not glamorous, but I just like that. Like we're hitting the bong all the time. Me and my room, we were just chief in that friggin' chiba. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. That? I don't actually never heard Chiba, but actually I have because there are Chiba Chews, those like edibles. Oh, okay. I don't know that they sell in California, but um, I actually have a memory in college where me and my my roommate had a Vyvanse prescription, and mm-hmm. I would take Vyvanse even though I don't have issues concentrating, mm-hmm. and it essentially feels like yeah it's just an upper for me but the next day it feels like my blood is made out of sludge like it really makes me feel like shit and I remember I took a nap after I attempted to force myself to take a nap after like staying up full 24 hours Mm -hmm. got up like maybe slept for like fucking 15 minutes or something woke up stood up out of my bed passed out Ooh. And then texted my roommate, was like, LOL, I just passed out. And then she was like, you want to go hit this bong? Because I'm smoking right now. <laughs> and then I just like went and smoked weed. Like, I feel like that was kind of the beginning of this uh, journey. Hindsight know? is definitely like you look back at certain memories where at the time you're like, that was a normal fun. Like, I am just such a kooky college student. But it's like, wow, that was that's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> and to I don't give even the- know. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say to stop. I I was going to say to give the listener some context. I'm recovering alcoholic and uh, former weed user myself, even though I fucking sound like a 60 year old scared mother. That's kind of the vibe that I'm like entering this podcast with. That's what I sound like. But um, that vibe, (laughs) my fear of mothers hitting hitting bongs in the fucking C-section room. But um, so I can, this experience definitely, like, uh, I 
is resonant with me and I'm sure a lot of other people. But so that memory kind of like sticks out to you as um, a hallmark of sort of your um, using like marijuana in college and go on. Yeah, just being like, just like one also thinking I was so fucking cool for smoking weed all the time, like bragging about it, like Mm. just like, Mm-hmm. At that point, I wasn't even like, I mean, I was definitely smoking like, I, it got to the point where it was like every day. But at that point in the beginning, it was like just on the weekends. Like I wasn't even yeah. that much of a pothead and like already was like, yeah, I'm a pothead. Look at well, me, you know? Yeah. Well, there is something a little bit, um, this is why there's a content warning is because uh, I feel like there is something a little bit glamorous about it. And maybe this is just me speaking as a former addict. But when I used to smoke a lot of weed, I was like, I'm the chillest girl in town. Yeah, I can roll a blunt. Don't you want to fuck me? Like, you know, like you feel like extra cool, even though like as an outsider or like looking back on that past, you're like, wow, you're incredibly insecure and no one wants to fuck you when you are passed out or and or like talking about like how cool carl sagan is man like that's not a hot thing you know yeah uh not to shit on carl sagan um (laughs) but yeah i feel like you do you catch my do you feel yeah i'm saying i mean but it's interesting because i do think that especially because we were like young at that point and like that sadly what like i would be impressed when people would like talk about how much they could handle drinking or smoking or whatever and like I think that it sadly did kind of work on some people to think that I was cool. Sure. It works on the right. It works on people that are like-minded, I think, for sure. And then you end up attracting a group of people who are like you that are kind of maybe normalizing heavy substance and or alcohol usage. Yeah, totally. In a way that isn't healthy. But so how did you go from... So you smoked a little bit of weed in high school, didn't super like it. Was it when you went to college where you were like, this is really fun? And then how did that use, was it like, what did that use look like? You said you only used it on the weekends, so it was like kind of like, whenever I do smoke, I'm going to go hard or like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like me and my roommate loved like smoking and going to the mall or going to Whole Foods. Like it was yep. just like fun to like walk around and be like, ha, yeah. we're stoned right now and no one knows it. Um, <laughs> even though secret. everyone probably did know it. Um, you both reek and I don't even know, like have like sublime shirts on or something. You're yeah. probably way cooler than that. What kind of, what would you be wearing in that, at that point? Probably. Probably like a Nirvana shirt. Oh, not yeah. far off, but you oh, know, way cooler. Way cooler. Was really into free people, you oh, know. Of which course. I don't. I don't support free people anymore. Is there a reason we shouldn't? I don't know. I'm. I, I can't afford free people, but I, it's very expensive. But <laughs> I would always get it like on sale at like Marshalls, you know, because oh, like, sometimes have that. Well, you know. yeah, Marshalls. I. This is a side note, but I almost feel almost feel bad for Marshalls because they're under the TJ Maxx umbrella, but they don't have a Maxinista slogan. What's a Marshalls mm, Anista? You know, there's no there's no Marshalls Maven that's, or something like that. Maybe that should be. Maybe you know what? I'm right making a note and I'm writing a letter after this, a handwritten letter. <laughs> so you guys are feeling super cool, and it sounds like you kind of found your people maybe to like smoke with where you're like, you know what, we're having a great time and yeah. and using all together. And so what did that look like over those four years? Like that transition to maybe more yeah. heavy smoking? I think that what happened was was so my first year of college, 
I went to Micah in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I had a boyfriend at the time, but he was living where I'm from on Long Island. And mm-hmm. all of my high school friends also kind of went to college either on Long Island or in New York. So they were all like still home. And I mm-hmm. was the one who kind of left. And I, and weed isolates you in general because it kind of makes you awkward. And it's interesting. I, I, I would smoke it like thinking it's like a, a social lubricant, but in reality, it just makes you like worry about everything you're saying. So it was kind of the beginning of me like socially isolating and I barely made any friends my first mm. year of college um, and decided that I should transfer to SVA and so I could be closer to my boyfriend and my, my high school friends. Mm-hmm. And then like the third day I'm home, my boyfriend breaks up with me. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. That sucks. Yeah. And um, it like shattered me. Yeah. Um, and to clarify, SVA is in New York City. So you were, yes. you go to New, and, and are you living in a dorm at that point? And do you, and you're like, honey, I'm home. And he's like, it's over. Well, so I transferred at the end of my freshman year. So okay. I was at that point, like staying at my parents' place on Long Island for the right. summer. Okay. And was like, this is great. We're going to have like a <laughs> high school summer. I'm going to see all my friends. And then my boyfriend <laughs> breaks up with me and I like am completely shattered. Like, oh. it was my first love. Like, so I just started and I realized then that I could be crying one second would smoke weed. And then I'm laughing at the fact that I'm sobbing, like, (laughs) which seemed great. Like I was like, this is incredible. It's an instant mood changer. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was like, I've found the, the cheat code. Here. Yes, yes. It's like, I can't believe, like, does that, do other people know about this? This is fantastic. Like, and, and, and immediately you maybe not thinking about it at the moment as like a numbing thing. Cause you're like, I'm transitioning into laughing. How could I be numb? It's giving me perspective. I'm finally like, I don't need this jag off. Right. Like I started thinking that, you know, I, and I mean, it's weird. Cause I feel like in the, when you first start smoking weed, you know, you have those thoughts like, do we all see the same colors? Is my red the same as your red? You know, you like yeah, think you're yeah, being yeah. so fucking deep. And like, maybe you are because that's the first time your brain's kind of working in that way, I guess. Totally. Yeah. It's going, you're going beyond soccer practice or something. And you're like actually thinking deep, but with a high school or a college mind that is still very much actively like in flux. Right. And that's actually, so like after my first year of college is when, um, you know, I first learned about feminism, which blew my fucking mind. <laughs> now, Anna, like, what is feminism for all of us listeners? <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't know. know. That would honestly, that's like the scariest question that someone could ask me to try to like sum up feminism for like publicly. But yeah, so no you learned about, say. you learn about feminism, your, your mind is opening. And so it seems like you've kind of found this like literal, like this miracle drug that's just a cure all for your, Yes. Uh, feelings of, of sadness primarily, or are you medicating all kinds of, are you, are you experiencing anxiety? And two part of that, like, was this kind of the first time in your life that you were really dealing with maybe some like super heavy, potentially like super heavy emotions that really like impacted your ability to do things? Or had you experienced that before? No, I, I feel like I, in high school was like, 
very depressed all the time and I had such bad anxiety, such bad social anxiety and uh, was so shy, which I find just attracts people to like, you know, dogpile on you and like make you the butt of the joke because you won't stand up for yourself because you're terrified to open your mouth kind of shit. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can smell weakness and blood and just go for it. And yeah. that's the, the fake friends element. It feels like yes. you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of experienced that like from my childhood to high school mm-hmm. was like bullied online in high school. Oh. So just like totally hated myself and yeah. like believed all this mean stuff people would say about me i was like they're right i am a piece of shit like you know yeah oh i'm sorry that's brutal but so like when i found weed in college after this breakup i was like yeah you know like i felt like it was like extra strength and yeah like like it in that sense i wasn't thinking about the the anxiety thoughts or like the self-hatred which would come back to me later in life. <laughs> Spoiler um, alert. <laughs> it didn't go. This isn't a podcast about how weed cured Hannah's, uh any sort of mental uh, just struggles. Yeah. Um, uh, but I felt like I was very dram- I mean, it was my first breakup, so I don't want to be too hard on myself. But I just remember, like, laying on the bathroom floor, like, sobbing, like, I can't do this, you know, like, just totally. like. <laughs> and did you have, like, a cinematic moment, like, in your head? Like, when I went through my first breakup, I would also do the, like, throwing myself on my pillow and I'd envision a, like, camera pulling up on me. Just like, oh, she's so alone. Like, mm-hmm. It's totally. pathetic. I mean, no, yeah. it's not. But we should be kind to ourselves because those really are, like, hard, hard times. yeah. Yeah. But so like, I just, I just was like, wow, I'm in love with weed now. Like, this is great. Um, I started, it it was like kind of hard to find weed around in my neighborhood. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to be the weed dealer. (laughs) And that's (laughs) when I started picking up, like I would pick up an ounce and like bag it up into dime bags and just like sell that to my friends. I wasn't making any money, but Enough to cover your habit. Yeah, I would be smoking for free. Um, Yeah. Was invited to all these parties because I was the one bringing the weed. Yes. Uh, I felt like I was on top of the world. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you're Miss Popular. And like, well, now, where were you getting the weed? Were you going into the city? And now I'm just curious because I I picture like Long Island young adults as having a lot of access to weed, but maybe that's not the case. Yeah, but well, you need someone like a Hannah to go get the weed. I mean, I was picking up from, like, at one point, like, one of my friend's older brothers. Like, Dude, it's always the of- older brothers. That's who I picked up from. Yeah. Like, it's always the older brothers. Uh, ugh. Those older brothers. <laughs> Those you know? older brothers that maybe I wanted to have sex with, like, all of them. Like, but... <laughs> Also, maybe that would have been horrible, and they were really but they were so scary like, to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they well were. This is the whole thing, I, or I think that this was something that was like. Um, so I I stopped smoking before I stopped using alcohol because it just made me so paranoid and like just fucked me up so badly. But at the time, I just remember when I was like smoking a lot of weed, I felt cooler, and then I felt like the people who smoked more weed than me, let alone sold weed to me, were like the apex of cool. Even though looking back, it's like these older brothers are like maybe like 24 and like 
in their mom's garage. Like, is that the coolest? (laughs) Yeah. That is the exact image it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, mm. Anyway, so you are just memory lane, but um, so you so you spend that summer and you're feeling really cool and you're like, you know, Hannah's got her groove back, and then you go, you start attending SVA and you move into the dorms. Yeah, I move into the dorms. I find I start making friends based on if they smoke weed, like, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just like beginning. At that point, to be what I feel, I don't know if anyone remembers these moments, but I just feel like I was an asshole about it at Mm. moments, like wanting to smoke with someone and someone being like, I don't know, I smoked last night and I'll get mad and be like, I smoke every day. It's fucking fine. Like, you're not going to be addicted. Like, no one can be addicted to weed, you know? You can't get addicted to (laughs) weed. You can't get addicted to weed. It's safer than anything. It's safer than alcohol, man. Like, you get like, and like... I, totally like and and then that that's also kind of I don't know about you but like I look back on those moments where I got angry at people for not drinking or angry at people for not smoking and I'm like that's my addict self being very like wait this person has a limit or and or can say no like that was very threatening to me because I didn't right. have that um that like hmm, maybe I should like chill out for a second but then right. I think also with weed too because it is so like stigmatized and it's illegal and the policing practices surrounding it are racist there's a lot of like good reasons to kind of be on a high horse about or there's a lot of like valid criticisms for people's negative viewpoint of marijuana but when you are an addict and you incorporate that and all these other factors you just turn into a, a dickhead yep and like ditching friends to go smoke with other friends and mm. like just like and then when i was at sva is when i started like waking up smoking like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. going to class high um which I'd say when I was at SVA is when it stopped being fun. But okay. look, it's like, what, now it's six years later? Like, and now I finally, like, decided I need to do something. Like, um, I was talking to my old roommate, and we lived together, I guess, five years ago. This is after college. And we were both commuting to work. And there were those signs on the subway that were like, do you have a weed problem? Like, call this number. And I apparently turned to her and was like, I think I should call that number. And that was five fucking years ago. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it takes a long time. Like, that's the fucking thing is it's like, it's really fast to build an addiction. And it's it takes a long fucking time to break an addiction. Like, and so that's like... yeah, that's that's fi- so you started kind of realizing like six, five years ago that like, or let's say, like, let's see. So you, you're having the time of your life, uh, you know, in, in how you perceive it. And then where is what's this interim that you're talking about at SVA where it's like it starts to not be fun. And then how long is that interim before you're like, huh, maybe I should call that number? Like, how long are you not having fun for? And what does the not fun look like? Yeah, I I guess it was, it was probably when I stopped, completely stopped regulating my weed use when I'm like, I'm kind of an adult now. I don't live with my parents. Like Mm -hmm. no one's scolding me. No one really knows. Like I've heard people say that like weed is like the fantasy of functionality because no one knows 
that you're high. Like, especially you meet someone when you're high, they're never going to know when you're not high. Like, 100%. They just think that's you. Yeah. And so, like, I think maybe in college when I'm going to classes high, I am just, and I have social anxiety. So, when you're stoned and you say something stupid and then you go home later that day and like i guarantee no one's thinking about it again but i'm at home literally just like not in the room i'm in anymore like i am just in the past worrying about that one thing i said or something i said three years ago or you know like yep that it doesn't matter. Like the same power that within weed that like makes you like follow all of these like different neural like neurological trails of thought and like quote unquote expanding your thinking. I mean, maybe it does. Like also can expand your thinking to like six years ago. Like I made a really stupid joke and now I'm I'm categorically an asshole and everyone hates me. Like mm-hmm. or and then it's that thing where like yeah you are. you already have social anxiety which you're using weed to medicate for and then the weed makes you say something stupid because you're fucking high and then you have that like paranoia extra like hypersensitivity that's like already within you and it's just like amped up Mm -hmm. so would you so you're now not you're not at home you're not at sva you are like you're going to work you are you do you still have like friends in the city? Like, are you completely isolating yourself at this point? Cause you said some really interesting stuff earlier about weed being like kind of a social, uh, I- isolant. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think that it was beginning to happen. I'd say, cause I moved to Bay Ridge two years ago. I don't live there anymore, but, um, that's like deep Brooklyn. Like mm-hmm. it takes, so long to get anywhere. And I think that when I moved to Bay Ridge is when I, I mean, like I would all prior, like, you know, if, if a friend would invite me to a bar, I would get high before and then be like, "Eh, I'm not going to go. Like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to socialize. So like that was already happening. But once I moved to Bay Ridge, it was like, I'm never fucking leaving Bay Ridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is where I live now, like, quite literally, but also never going to leave ever. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a perfect excuse to just be with weed. And mm-hmm. I felt like, like it was safe and that was self care. Like, oh, you don't want to go out. You don't have to go out. Yes. And that's you choosing you when, mm-hmm. like, in reality, I don't know. Yeah, I, right. Taking time alone and smoking a joint can be self-care. It can also be uh, a maladaptive coping mechanism that, like, prevents you from actually addressing the issues that are paining you. You know, like, yeah. it's all about context. And it seems like in this context, you were choosing weed over yourself under the guise of, like, it's okay to stay in and there's so much social pressure to go out. It's okay for me to take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, when I did move to Bay Ridge, I fell in love. Um, I was living with my best friend. And I think that all of those things sadly had, like went up in flames. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that uh, they got chiefed? I don't know what's (laughs) I'm trying to make a 
<laughs> a weed joke. I don't know. The, you you didn't they corner got burned. The they got burned. <laughs> they yeah. You did you ever call like getting like um ash like Scooby snacks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. so you got so everything went up in flame. You got Scooby snacks all over. Mm-hmm. Like it just and did that happen in one incendiary moment? Honestly, yes. Which yikes. I think that just was, you know, we were dealing with a lot of mental illness happening on all fronts. <laughs> Are you a telling me that trauma. birds of a feather with trauma and mental illness and perhaps substance abuse <laughs> issues flock together? No. Oh, they totally do. <laughs> they you know? definitely do. So a lot of mental illness. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I was stoned all the time. And at that point also was, uh, I had a Xanax prescription, but was heavily, heavily like depending on that. Yes. Um, Yeah. And And was it a thing? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. What's up? I was going (laughs) to, Hey, what's up? I was going to ask like whether the, uh, the weed and the Xanax fed into each other where it's like you're smoking, you get paranoid or feel anxious and then you take a Xanax and you calm down literally like i thought that was then the cheat because at that point like i knew it was like okay at that i would always say like three out of seven times i smoke weed it's probably gonna be bad you know so it's like which honestly it was probably more than that at that point but (laughs) i was lying to myself and wanting Mm -hmm. to like make sense of it so when especially when i'd start when I'd be high and be getting paranoid, I'd pop a Xanax and then I'm like, this is the cheat code now. Like, yeah, this is it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to make all those, that anxiety go away. And mm-hmm. like, um, and, and like, can you talk a little bit about the experience? Cause I think this is super relatable. It's like the experience of like not having a good time being high because for either folks who have never smoked weed or maybe have never experienced that kind of the like, awesome mixture of mental illness plus like weed not fun like can you talk a little bit if you feel comfortable about like what it what your moment was like when you were like you know what i need a fucking xanax right now because i'm not having fun like is it paranoia yeah it's paranoia and just i think mainly more than anything was just like self-hatred like I felt like I was in a lot of pickles honestly like Mm -hmm. with my friend that I was living with uh I was in a lot of social pickles like not knowing what decision to make it felt like a lot of people were mad at me and Mm -hmm. like very angry with me and I didn't understand what was happening honestly I've I've and looking back I still feel like I was trying my hardest to be calm about things and be like let's take time. Like I need to deal with this major problem right now. Like we're going to put this on hold, but like that upsets the other person, you know, where everyone was just acting like an emergency was happening. And (laughs) you know, (laughs) unless someone's aggressively bleeding, having a literal mental health crisis. Now that's a thing, but of course, obviously like I've been in them, but like, unless like someone's physically in peril, it's probably not an emergency, but this sense was created for you that these were emergencies and, and were people legit angry at you? Or was this a perception that you had in your mind? I'm not saying valid anger, but I'm saying like, were you actually experiencing anger from them or did you just think they were angry? No, they were genuinely 
angry at me. And I, there was a legit, my, my partner at the time was having a mental health crisis. Oh, like God. he was in and out of hospitals. So that That's was my, so- that was my primary, you know, I was like, we need to deal with this. Yes, uh, that's your partner who's literally like going into the hospital. Yeah, and I just felt like I wasn't really getting support uh, from my close friends at that point, And they were getting angry at me because I wasn't present with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was – so I'd be at work like – getting phone calls from my partner from the hospital, getting angry text messages from my friends who are upset with me because like I had to be breaking promises at that point. And um, just like very, I didn't know what was right. I, I, at that point I felt like I was fucking up left and right. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have anyone. And I was just like, I'm going to get super stoned before work and I'm going to take a bunch of Xanax at work. And I believe it showed. (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me your performance slipped? Like were you, or yeah, like, uh, I I mean, I, I don't think that my performance slipped, but I do know that like one of my coworkers, like, said something to me <laughs> okay yeah it was like hit it you do it okay and yeah he, um yeah and that wasn't uh i think that you know he when he asked me he was it was like when when covid had hit we had like hot seat during a happy hour what and, yeah i don't know what this is. wait you would have so to it's, go over so it's when like one person on the team sits in the quote-unquote hot seat and Anyone on the team can ask them any question they want, which is my biggest fear. Um, And I was stoned during this hot seat, of course. (gasps) That is a nightmare. (laughs) My coworkers grilling me while high. That is a a legitimate nightmare. I'm, I'm, wait, so so you were on the hot seat and you had a friend, probably, or a coworker. Well-intentioned, I'm assuming. <laughs> coworker, not friend. A, 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 a well-intentioned, I'm assuming, coworker a, yeah. ask you about what was potentially a drug problem. At yeah, the time. I think he was like trying to be funny, or I don't think. I think also the the thing is, is I don't think he knew how bad it was. You know, right. like I think I can honestly hold myself together a, well, but yeah, I when know. when high, like. When high or drunk or on Xanax, like, I feel like I can, like, kind of play it off. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was in the hot seat and he was like, do you come into work on drugs? And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. I'm stoned at the time of him asking me this question. Oh, my God. And so I was like, no comment because I'm an idiot and didn't lie. And... And I was like, are you asking because you think I have been? And he was like, well, there have been times where I saw you or when we were in the office and thought, is she? But then I thought, who would do that? <laughs> oh, 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 God. Oh, my God. So that was a really bad moment for me. <laughs> Still that... wasn't the point of me stopping. <laughs> uh, 
what like being publicly like accosted by a coworker or whatever wasn't a like whatever it takes a lot to stop but that's like brutal i would be like if i i don't know i feel like if i was in the circle i would be very very mad at the person asking that question uh i, I, I think my issue is i i never really I now I'm beginning to dabble in being mad at people, mm-hmm. <laughs> but normally my anger goes towards me. So sure. when that question was asked, I remember like messaging another coworker, being like, "What the fuck? Why did no one else get a question like that?" So that has got to be really rough. Like you're at work, you're experiencing uh, that question and your anger goes inside well and i think this also hits this thing where your friend was like he thinks you're cool we're like there's something that can i think that there maybe is a perception and like i think about um alana from broad city like this this idea of a character or a person and i think especially a woman who is like high all the time is like she's fucking badass she's so cool like she's high she's having fun and she gets the work done you know what i mean like i, I there is maybe um a person and, and 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 i'm not and look i'm not saying that alana is not cool but when you do have a drug problem um it's it's like it's people just see kind of the tip of the iceberg with that and you don't know if you're commenting on someone's drug use whether it really is just like recreational and like actually just super positive and a good force in their life or whether it's like really eating them alive inside right and at that point it was totally eating me alive inside like covid Mm -hmm. at when when that question was asked covid had already arrived and i was at the point of like i already would would smoke and go to work, but now I'm mm-hmm. smoking during work and mm-hmm. just always high. Yeah. And then it's like, you're like, my paranoia was getting really bad. And it was clear that there was a lot of resentment in my household from both, both sides from me and, and my friend and, um, your roommate, like who yeah. you're living with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I'd like to think that I was communicating well, but I can't say that I was because I was stoned all the time, you know, like, right. And it got to a point, I don't, I don't know what happened, but Mm -hmm. I, I'd say around July was beginning to like crack mentally a lot. And is this post breakup as well? Like this is deep in COVID. You're in New York City. So that's massive pressure. Yeah. Um, this is post breakup, but Kurt still living in the house with your, uh, with your housemate who there's a lot of tension with. Yeah. Yeah. The breakup happened in like around Christmas time of 2019. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like depressed for a few months and then COVID hit. So I'm like, well, fuck, like, how am I gonna like, and you know, it was like such a weird feeling when COVID started. It was like, are we all gonna die? Uh, oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Being in New York City when COVID hit was like, I'm not saying that it wasn't horrible everywhere, but it was so scary. So, so scary. Yes. yes. Um, and especially also, like, if you have, I mean, this isn't scary, but it's its own kind of scary, but you're working at a workplace that's like, we're gonna keep culture going no matter what. And our family here is the biggest family that you have or whatever. So you have that almost like extra pressure from work i felt like i was unemployed at the time but uh i felt like uh 
from the folks I know, it seems like companies are really doubling down on their pressure on employees to be like, work in this together. So you've got work pressure, you've got housemate pressure, you're dealing with um, depression from a from a breakup that feels like not if a breakup wasn't necessarily volatile, the mental health of the other of your partner was certainly volatile. So yeah, it's July, you're you're cracking. I'm cracking. um, And at that point, I felt like my body was like reacting very intensely. Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember there was one night where my friends came over for 4th of July. It was like my friend and her boyfriend came over and she asked me a question that like was, a, it like irked me a little bit, but like it really, like I started like bawling hysterically crying. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry that I'm crying right now. Like, and then of course I'm like chief in like, joints constantly you're like, like drinking my magic pill the thing that worked for me in high school that like is my savior come on now right and then when they left that night i like had what felt like this like a stomach flu and <sighs> i was just like vomiting all night and then was vomiting like a few days later i texted my friends being like are you guys okay like with the burgers i made were they okay and they were like we're fine so i was like okay i I don't understand what's happening. And that those stomach issues persisted for months at that point. Like I would wake up at 3 a.m. with my stomach churning, would go and yak, but it wouldn't feel better. Like it and I would every hour would just get up and like either shit my brains out or like throw everything up. So I was barely sleeping, couldn't keep food down, had no appetite. Ended up losing 20 pounds, which is insane. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. like, I'm so sorry that you were like, that is deep physical distress. Like, yeah. and, and, and during this time, you're still in a, like, uh, more than a quarrel, but like having issues with your housemates. So, which I think is very like uh, challenging when you're in a home that like you, you can't even really feel safe in. Like, yeah, it seems like a lot of pressure was happening at this time. Yeah. And I had tried to vocalize to her how I felt mm-hmm. and was like trying to be honest, like, hey, I do feel like a bit of resentment. Like, I just want to be honest. Like, I don't know. And then I was supposed to be going away that weekend with a few friends. And that's when it like all exploded. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my my roommate was just like fighting with me and I like yeah just got really bad came home tried to avoid her but then it didn't work (laughs) out and I ended up screaming at her and then like locked myself in my room and was like I can't believe you just screamed at her like you're such a piece of shit like Mm -hmm. was and I used to stuff, I used to have panic attacks when I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. at night, I would get really scared to go to sleep. And, um, that's essentially what was happening to me. I was yeah. like freaking the fuck out in my room, like screaming, like punching myself in the face, like oh. was mm. not, uh, was not good. And I felt terrible and just kept smoking, like thinking that yeah. the next hit would be the one to calm me down. And it, and it didn't, it didn't come. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm so, that, I'm so sorry. That is awful. Like that, uh, that the 
mental self-hatred like if if that's not bad enough like you're physically beating yourself up like and you're shitting your brains out probably like you know (laughs) that didn't go away yeah I Um, was not good like I genuinely at that point I genuinely didn't want to be alive anymore mm -hmm. um yeah and uh felt so bad that I had screamed at her and was just like I can't be in this house right now. I need to go somewhere. And I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable going to another friend's place because Mm -hmm. at that point I was terrified of hurting friends that I was like, I'll go to my parents' place in Florida. I'll, I'll rent a car and I'll drive down, which was also equally terrifying because my parents aren't all that chill either. <laughs> Ooh, well, they're not the coolest. So that that's almost probably indicative. Like that in itself is indicative of what a like shitty place you were in, where like the pl- the the place that you felt the safest was with people who aren't necessarily. <laughs> the safest to be around emotionally i mean um, right that and so had they moved from long island i'm assuming yeah yes at um, that point they made they made the jew retiree move down to delray beach you know? hell yeah shout out delray beautiful sunny beaches i don't know i will later insert their city tagline unless you know it I don't. I don't <laughs> just, know it. Just Jewish retiree paradise. Literally, yes. <laughs> so you're fucking feeling horrible. You dr- so you you're just like I need to leave. So you drive down to Florida. You go stay with your parents. What wh- what happens? Um. Then I'm like desperately trying to cling on to reality. I'm still. Okay. I didn't bring weed with me on this trip. I was like, I cannot bring weed. Um. And that only lasted a week because then I was like, honestly, what I now know as having withdrawal symptoms, like mm-hmm. I already couldn't sleep or, or eat, but it felt that much more worse without the weed. Yeah. Um, and, and just to, cl- and when you say I can't bring weed with me, is it because you're like, I know weed will make me extra fucking f- feel extra like shit. So I'm not yeah. going to bring it. So that's almost like a baby step at like, I- I'm going to just kind of take a little breaky here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause like at that point, I, cause I remember I was, I was having multiple panic attacks a day and I was smoking and I was like, at that point, I was like, I didn't know what was, what was what. And I was like calling yeah. my mom, like hysterically crying, being like, I cannot stop smoking weed. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I'm scaring the shit out of my parents. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not understanding boundary, like not protecting myself, like not yeah. protecting them, you know, like just like do, go out. Well, you are crying for you are crying for help right now, and like yeah. the people who you who who are still like it seems like one of the themes were is like a, like isolation. So you feel so isolated right now, and you're talking to your boomer parents. And the scariest thing for a boomer parent to hear is that their child is addicted to marijuana. <laughs> like that's the terror terrifying thing. And so, but it seems like you were just really reaching out for for help, and so you're kind of. So you get down to Florida and like, when is this mo, you, is this when you're kind of talking about like, you're, you're not in, in reality, you're like feet are off the ground right now. You're ungrounded. Yeah. I, I feel like when I got to Florida, I was like, we're going to watch all these like YouTube therapist videos and we're going to like learn all about trauma and like how the body reacts to trauma and like just trying to shove so much. I just wanted to get better. I just was like, 
I know I won't be able to stay at my parents forever, even though they want me to, but like, I just need to heal, get out. You know, I just mm-hmm. want this to be over because it literally felt like this had been going on for a year at this point of right. me like crashing and burning. Um, and yeah, I didn't bring weed with me, but ended up kind of like asking my mom, like, don't any of your friends smoke? Like, can I, uh, <laughs> like hit up their dealer? And then at that point, I'm getting like, pity packages of weed from all these like old people in my parents community (laughs) like i have pictures i should send to you of like a baggie with like with like a joint roll that like i don't know which side to light like (laughs) (laughs) where it's like get well soon hannah like oh sometimes i use this after water aerobics like feel better (laughs) literally yes so you're getting (laughs) Like God, honestly, like God bless them, and like, like because it's you. See, so you were going through withdrawal, and like you kind of stopped the withdrawal, and it sounds like you also have again like this classic addict thing that I know I experience, where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna deal with the problem. Problem like might be weed, but whatever. I'm just gonna shove therapy into my head, get better, get back to Brooklyn. I will have never had any bad happen to me, and I will be a thousand percent the beautiful person that I want to. Be mm-hmm. and it doesn't work yeah. like that. You, can, it's not tidy. You can't just be like, I'm setting a two week time frame for me to be a hundred percent happy. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Like this shit. Yeah. It it takes a long time, or sometimes it doesn't. But like, yeah, you can't put an end date on feeling mentally better. Which no. I I wanted it to. I just wanted. Yeah. I just wanted to feel better yeah. and. So at that point, I, I was smoking, um, back to smoking. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, the dealer at my parents, like, senior community is selling eighths for 80 fucking dollars, Jesus which is Christ. criminal. That like, is. <laughs> excuse i i am offended for you that is horrible and i'm guessing that these aren't like premium headies like this has got to be like or maybe was it do they have the it best actually, weed there it was because it is like medically legal there uh so it, it and, and this guy claimed to have been a weed doctor oh oh okay all right well so he's got but i you know when you have a lot of seniors and one deeply troubled young person you know you can jack those prices and, and boy, did he. And uh, so at that point, I was trying to conserve the weed. And I felt I was like, this is great. Like, I actually am like, I'm smoking a bowl because I normally would smoke spliffs, which mm-hmm. just get me way too stoned. So I was like, I'll just have a hit of a bowl and that'll be good. And I felt like I was managing my yeah. weed intake. But we know that doesn't when you're addicted to something, it does not last forever. Mm-mm. Nah. <laughs> Because you get you you have your days of being sloppy, and then it just goes downhill from there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. The, the uh, like then you're in the the portion of a like, well, I if I can regulate it, then I don't have a problem. Like, yep. and it's like ah, maybe that. Funnily enough, your attempts to regulate like are indicative of your problem. Right. Right. Exactly. Like if you think you need a break. I don't know. Maybe that's a controversial 
maybe i don't know like that's how i like i look back at again every like i remember a psychiatrist telling me like five years before i got sober but when i desperately needed to she was like if you walk into a room of of 100 alcoholics you'll have 100 different definitions of alcoholism and 100 different experiences of what sobriety means and what addiction is i know i just it resonates with me uh this idea of like when you try to put limits on it for me it was a sign that like oh if you if you it was a sign that I had a problem. And I guess it's not right. for everyone. But for you as well, it seems like you were – it was like, this is a positive sign. And it's almost encouraging. You're like, okay, I don't have to cut it out of my life. Thank God. Right. Like, I don't know if right. you felt that way. Like, did it feel scary to stop smoking entirely? And, like, when did you decide, you know what, I have to stop smoking entirely? Um. Yeah, it definitely – I didn't want to, like, ever think that I would stop. And I, I would say that when I left Florida – I ended up like staying in Savannah for two weeks to like try to get my feet on the ground. Ended up staying with this like Trump supporter yoga teacher, which was like not a fun time. Wow. And <laughs> Wait, what was this around the election or when was this? It was right before the election. <laughs> it was in October. And oh my God. Fucking downward dog while listening to like racist dog whistles or whatever. It literally was something and (laughs) then i drove back to brooklyn because i knew i had to eventually like at that point i didn't know if i wanted to stay in brooklyn or what i wanted to do with my life but also picking up and moving to a completely new state while i'm like going through this weird like breakdown um Mm. felt like i i didn't know what to do so i Ended up packing the house in Bay Ridge and, like, staying with my friend in Queens Mm -hmm. and really felt, at that point, so embarrassed about my weed usage because, like, I I smoke all day, but at night is when I, like, become a zombie, kind of. Like, I'm, like, like falling asleep on the couch, like, Mm -hmm. just being, like, not a person anymore. And I felt like that was the first time my friend was like experiencing that side of me. So I just felt so much shame about that. Um, And then ended up moving out of her place to get my own place and was like, this is great. Like I'm finally alone. I have weed. No one will like ruin my vibe. Like I can, I can just smoke and like no one will be judging me and Mm -hmm. I can just do my thing. And, uh, but I still was having such bad anxiety every time I'd smoke and then be like, okay, you need to do yoga then. And then I do yoga while I'm high, which would like kind of help. But like, it's really hard to pull yourself out when you're high, like of the bad thoughts. A hundred percent. Yeah. You can't just, again, you can't just downward dog your way into some kind of like, you know what? I've like tricked my mindset. And at that point, it's also this thing of like anything to not eliminate the weed. I have to add something in to fix it rather than eliminate it. Right. Right. Completely. And I, I guess so. Like I was, I was living in this apartment for like a month. It was like around Christmas time and like, you know, Christmas time in general, mm-hmm. the worst time of year. Yep, um, hate it. And, and it's co- the first COVID Christmas. So <laughs> I'm completely alone, which honestly, I've been vibing with the alone holidays. Hell but yes. this one, you know, I was just really stoned and I was fully aware that I, I would 
probably have to quit and mm-hmm. kind of was just definitely um getting back to suicidal thoughts oh. and like I remember there was a night where I woke up in the middle of the night and was like okay you really want to kill yourself like how would you do it which having dealt with my my past partner knowing that when you start to have a plan is when it's really I mean it's always concerning when someone's talking about wanting to kill themselves but if you have a plan like that's that's serious. That's, so, an emer- that's a sign of an emergency. Yeah. And I was trying to have a plan. And then the next day I, I woke up and was kind of like, I don't, I don't think you actually want to kill yourself. And like, maybe we can, you know, turn this around. Yeah. And, well, um, thank goodness. Like, good, good on you, man. Like, I'm just like, so in awe. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I, like, I've known I had a problem this whole time, but, like, and I would admit it sometimes to people, but then, like, would take it back, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think I just finally was done with my bullshit and was, like, I need to, I need to stop or do something or, like, maybe go to a marijuana anonymous meeting that my therapist has been telling me about for weeks like hey (laughs) now so if you had a therapist this whole time that like maybe like was maybe like uh i don't know if they ever explicitly said like hannah i think you might have an issue but they're trying to kind of subtly get you like hey have you ever thought about this well so i had i ended up having I, the therapist I've been seeing now, I've only been seeing since I like went to Florida. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so she's kind of new, but I, I'm such a fan of her. Um, <laughs> she sounds good. So I was seeing like a therapist before who was like a little bit of tough love, kind of, <laughs> which is not, I'm too, I don't know if that works for anyone, but. Uh- doesn't work doesn't for me. Work for I me. don't know. Yeah, it doesn't work for me either. <laughs> so you find a good therapist and they had been tell she had been telling you about marijuana anonymous. Yeah. And- because honestly, at that point I had even like three therapists ago, I had been admitting that I had a weed problem. But right. like was not would take it back or be like, No, I can manage it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think honestly, I don't think a lot of therapists because weed is so stigmatized know of all the resources or even that you can like it's a drug like of course you can be and you can be addicted to anything even if it's not a drug like oh yeah i remember me and my fucking like stoner friends would be like can't get addicted to weed man science says it like only psychological addiction and it's like mm, number one not like (laughs) yeah exactly like your psychology it's like part of your brain and like i don't know like you're saying you can kind of get addicted to anything i'm sure there are in our room we are two in a room of millions of addicts i'm sure there are plenty of people that disagree uh but fuck them because do you identify as a marijuana addict i definitely do at this point yes hi hannah hi yeah so you're i I, uh hi um i was like what no i meant like you know you like my name is Paige. i'm an alcoholic no i got you i got you wait you gotta say hi Paige. Right. Hi, Paige. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So you go to this, so you go to your first, like, Zoom, I guess it has to be Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I go to my first Zoom meeting, which sadly got Zoom bombed, which <laughs> it, 
if people don't know, is when, like, at, this was a bunch of teenagers popping in, screaming fuck you, and making fun of the fact that we are a bunch of people addicted to weed, which is my biggest fucking fear. Oh my god! At that point, I'm like, you pathetic piece of shit, you're addicted to weed. Like, you know. <laughs> oh my god. So you've, you've, like, teens just break it in, like, verbalizing your worst fears. Yeah. That's terrible. And I ended up smoking so much that night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's a very intense thing to deal with. And when you don't have a lot of them, like, when weed is, like, the biggest tool in your emotional coping toolbox, understandable that you would smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. And, but I, I really enjoyed what people had shared in that meeting. And honestly, I just enjoyed being in a room of people who were admitting to have being weed addicts because like I just feel like it is so hard to talk to people about it either you have like I know you and I have talked about this like not on the podcast but like you have people either convincing you like you're fine or you just can take a break or you know like Mm -hmm. that had been happening for so long that like it it just was so refreshing to be around people who were admitting that you could be addicted to the substance and that they were. Yeah. So I I kept coming back. (laughs) Hell yes. That's incredible. So yeah, and like, yeah, like these people, yeah, like actually getting this kind of external like like validation that like this is a problem and that when, you know, the, the like we don't even have, we have, there's no time to talk about all the nuances and depths of addiction, but like that, um, uh for so long like when you are an addict you do surround yourself with people who also have addict mentalities and so it's so normalized all of those kind of like this isn't a problem blah 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 like you know all those things that you say to yourself to convince yourself that like this isn't actually a problem so yeah that's so fucking refreshing and how so how long have you been marijuana free so I just had a month a few days ago. Yes! Congratulations! Thank That's you. fantastic. Congrats. It's truly the longest I've gone. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so I, yeah, go oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I yeah, that do, do they mail you chips? How does it work? Yes. This? Okay. I, I've had to, you have to like email someone. They also have virtual chips, but um, eh, I want something physical. physical chip as well. Yeah. So I have, I'm waiting on my one month chip to come in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. I, and I had my stash for a while, but I flushed that down the toilet like, uh, the other week. Congrats. Which, yeah. Something about flushing something down a toilet, like a substance, is so fucking powerful. That is great. Oh, my oh. God. I felt high afterwards. I was <laughs> yes. like, and I made it into a TikTok, and I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so you're going to these meetings. Like, so tell me a little bit about how you're feeling, like, in this first month of sobriety and, like, what, um, I don't know, like, there are so many tropes, but I know I found, I fell into the, like, well, I'm going to aggressively get into like needle punch work now. Like I need like you're, you know, like I'm going to do a thousand sit ups or like something to like fill that like addictive hole in your heart or whatever. Yeah. Or like, yeah, just tell me a little bit about how you are experiencing this first month of sobriety or, oh, yeah. oh wait, so, time out for one second. Yes. Not actual, not podcast timeout, but like, uh, do you, uh, are, are you sober? Uh, do, would you call yourself that? Are you sober? Uh, 
Not fully. I, I still have a drink from time to time, but I, I have a feeling that I will eventually have to become fully sober because I do notice that when I have a drink, mm-hmm. I just want to smoke. Okay, and I just yeah. don't they feed want in. to. Yeah. Well, but that, so I, I was just curious about whether the language that I, I was using, like, I don't want to use the word sober if that's not a word you're using, but you are like, free of marijuana which is so fucking excellent and anyway so back to my original question of how you're experiencing this first month of sobriety of of, from marijuana the first two i mean it's still kind of difficult but i would say like the first week and second week were like so fucking hard it felt like years were going by like going from constantly having a spliff in your hand to like, like, like you're like watching the clock, you know, like yeah. you're like, okay, another hour pass, like, okay, another hour pass, mm-hmm. like, literally, that's where it was going. And um, I was having withdrawal of like, wouldn't sleep. Um, when I would fall asleep, I'd have really crazy dreams, still am having crazy <laughs> dreams, sweat the whole bed. Um During the day, I'm sweating profusely, like can't hold a pencil because my hands just like dripping in sweat. (laughs) Um, Didn't really have an appetite, which luckily is coming back. That's great. Um, And yeah, now I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm feeling pretty okay about it. Um, I found a temporary sponsor. We're going to begin the steps this week. Hell yeah. How, how is that? How's that feeling? The whole, the step process? Like, well, I guess you're about to embark upon it. Yeah. We have not begun. It, it feels a little scary. Yeah. But I am excited about it because you just hear that it's like a spiritual awakening and I'm like just ready to be completely honest with myself about everything. Fuck yeah. For the past how many years I've been like bullshitting, you know, like, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's this weird thing where you like have to like excavate in my experience, like you have to excavate yourself from addiction and you have to dig even deeper into the, like, why did I become an addict? What is that trauma? Where is that coming from? So like, that's, it's a lot to handle, but like, and this is a cliche, but I think like, it takes a lot of like courage. And I think that you, you displayed an incredible amount of courage to like come from the emotional and psychological and physical those physical symptoms you were experiencing like come from that place and then take action to change your life like that's really fucking courageous and major kudos to you like seriously congratulations that's it's incredible thank you yeah i just i don't i just want to feel okay and i think that i just haven't been honest on so many levels not even just about weed just like multiple other things just haven't been honest with myself about things and I it sounds like the steps kind of I mean like yes the primary purpose you're doing the steps is because of an addiction of some kind but like you're diving deeper into like why it is the way it is and I Mm -hmm. I am excited to like kind of figure that shit out and like I mean, I know that after, if I complete the steps, my life isn't going to be, like, (laughs) magical, you know, but... 
Uh, but it might it's, be a little bit easier. I don't know. Hell yeah. And like, it's such a different experience of like, as opposed to in Florida where you're like, all right, going to take some time, going to watch a bunch of YouTube videos, ain't going to be better. It's like, you're like, I don't know how long this is going to take, but like, let's see, because I do want to feel better. Like, you know, you're not, you're uh, not, I think that that's a big thing, like as an addict, like being okay with like not feeling like perfect immediately because i think that something about addiction is that you're the substance that you are addicted to it's like such a quick fix and you do feel like it's a miracle and so then you kind of become accustomed to things working in a miraculous like quick way but like that's not how shit works so totally totally yeah um yeah i don't i i i like specifically asked my my sponsor like if we could like take the step slow because I want to make sure that, cause I know that I have a tendency to like rush through things, like yes. whether that's like an art project or something like, I just want to get it done. I want the final product yes. with weed. Like you were saying with like taking other drugs or like drinking, like I, I think I go all in on most of them and I just would like to do it right. You know, Hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Well, Hannah, it has been such a fucking pleasure speaking with you. And I'm, I don't want to put you on the, on the hotspot, but is there anything that you want to share, uh, in terms of like your experience that you'd want any, someone else to know? Like anything, any, any takeaway like that you feel like this experience has kind of given you that you want to give to other people or something you might have wished you'd known? Yeah. I think. If, if there's someone out there listening that does feel they have a complicated relationship with marijuana, that you can become addicted to it. And it is a, it's literally a psychedelic, first of all. <laughs> I think people forget that, that yep. it's a psychedelic and that there is something called, which I don't know, are we allowed to like promote marijuana anonymous? I feel like there's those steps where it's like, we don't promote, we don't have people talk about it. But you know, I don't know, it, whatever. If from your as personal a resource, yeah. Yeah, there is something called marijuana anonymous and it is like, like I remember before going, I was like, oh, I don't want to be in a room of fucking sober people, you know, but like, mm-hmm. They let's remember they're all potheads as well. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. They're actually exactly. pretty chill. The, so they're not there because they've been sober forever. Like they're there right. because they used to have, pro, like, uh, or will still do. Like, have you know, have a marijuana addiction, right? And it's and it's not as scary as nothing is ever as scary as you make it up in your head to be. Like yeah. when you're actually doing the thing, it's never as bad as you thought it would be totally like and so yeah i just wanted to share that i love that well that is the perfect uh, perfect share perfect note to end on um hannah you're absolutely mind-blowing and incredible and uh where can people find you if they want to find you your designer animator handy woman just you know all around yeah. good time gal I guess, you know, you can find me on, on the Instagram. Ooh, yeah. It's my name <laughs> at Hannah Pallant. That's it. There you go. <laughs> and that's H-A-N-N-A-H-P-A-L-A-N-T. And you can find that yes. in the description of the, uh, episode. Uh, Hannah, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a great time. Like, just thank you and, uh, congrats. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. I love talking about sobriety. Oh, God. Who knew it could be so fun, right? <laughs> sobriety's sobriety's the best. Um, but anyway, so everyone, thank you so much for listening. This has been Page by Page on Let's Hear It Network. Um, we were talking with Hannah Palin. And yeah, have a great day. 